This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, ha- Merry Christmas. This is our first Christmas. Can you believe we're changing gears from Thanksgiving into Christmas already? Oh my goodness. And uh, we're beginning a series today called Finding the Magic Again. Finding the Magic Again. I was thinking about this and scrolling back to what are some of my earliest memories as a human being, as an infant. You know, somewhere in the one to three years. I got a couple of little memories. One of them comes from when my sister was born. I was two. She was born the day before Christmas Eve. So it was this really magical Christmas present that we were given into the family. And it was just such a special, deep, wonderful kind of memory. So that was kind of one of my early, early memories that has just been really lodged in my brain and it's got a depth and a quality to it that I'll always really cherish. And I wonder if a lot of our early, early, early memories are tied in somehow with holidays like that and what winds up kind of existing for us and living with some of those deep qualities that are, that are from God. And so today's service is the beginning of a series of finding that magic again. And my wish and my prayer for you is through all of the the mess in our world today, what can really rise to the surface is God's magic in your lives that's going to really direct and help and build, edify, help you be a more spiritual person. So with that in mind, I'd like to see our first picture, if we can put that up on the screen here. I'd just like to ask, how was your Black Friday? How was it? Was it great? It's all right. Was it filled with that sort of magic? How about the next one? Oh, yeah. It's getting even better. Black Friday, uh, you know, really, I don't have any problem with Black Friday in itself. The whole, you know, the, the label Black Friday was tied in with our economy. Supposedly, it's the day where businesses transition from being in the red to being in the black. And I think, basically, that's a great thing. I want people to be able to make a profit and do well with their businesses. That's a good thing. But there's another quality of that Black Friday where things kind of break down. And the way I would put it is this. If we go out and we buy gifts that are on sale and we are lifted up with joy because we're going to share really a symbol of something that's deeper than that gift with people we love and it helps build a structure of affection, joy, love, peace, in the the climate and the surroundings where we are with the people that we interact with, I think that's a wonderful thing. However, if we go out driven by, excuse the term, but a lust for shopping or some compulsion to spend money to acquire something so that we can be like other people or get in, in line with the latest trend or whatever... I've got to wonder about that because maybe there's something there that is, you know, it's a person that's observing that there's a lot of hurt in our world 
There's a lot of hurt in our and trauma coming into our lives through the media today, through world events that just seem to be catastrophic and falling apart, and we're worried, we have our fears, we have concerns about that, we're wondering about our jobs, and we're unhappy about maybe parts of our jobs, or, or fearful of our jobs, or, you know, the list goes on and on and on. Things aren't doing so well with our family relationships, and we want to kind of well, basically, we're stepping outside in a codependent way, and we're adding, thinking we're going to be happy. We're adding another layer of financial dysfunction, trying to hold our world together. I would not wish that Black Friday on any of you, because it's just dysfunctional, and it's not going to change anything. We have a little chart. This is a chart that Chuck found. I love it. It's the Daily Misery Index from 2014. I have to explain it a little bit. It's actually not when it goes down. People are less miserable the closer the line is to the bottom. So that you can see, you know, in this period of time from Black Friday onward through the new year, people are actually less miserable. And we want to be contributing to that trend. And as deeply as possible. And uh, we can pull that down. I don't want to look at that too much. It's just ugly. But it reminded me of uh, my experiences. My wife and I started our family in Stockholm, Sweden. And Stockholm is way, way up north. Like if you were going to drive up north to the level of Stockholm, it's a day's drive from the Arctic Circle. And so the problem with that is... In November, the days get very, very short. And not only are they short, but every day it's cloudy, it's rainy, you get freezing rain every day, and it just progressively gets more and more miserable. Come what we call the first Advent, which is four Sunday services before Christmas, actually Christmas is one of those, even if it doesn't fall on a Sunday, which happens to be today, something magical happens in the city of Stockholm. People take lights and candles and they put them in their windows. And you walk around at three in the afternoon, unfortunately, when it's already dark, and it's misty, and it's cold and clammy, and the roads are getting icy. But in every single window, you see this cozy little lamp and candle, etc., burning, just inviting you in. So Stockholm is transformed from this cold kind of hard environment to a place where you're walking by and you're like, ooh, can I go in there? Oh, can I visit these people? And going down the street, and suddenly it's this, there's a Swedish word for it called misig, which I don't even really know how to translate other than think of the coziest, warmest little, uh, you know, sit on a nice, comfortable couch, cover yourself with quilts, get people you love surrounding you, and light candles, and that is what misig is. And, uh, like, it's, it's transition from cold, hard climate where you're just dealing with the weather to family. That, to me, is symbolic of some of the, the transition that I like to think about in November, even here, and I like to try uh, working on, yeah, let's bring 
let's bring that magic back. So uh, I'd like to invite the band out as we look for the magic. And as they're coming out, I just want to share this one prophecy for you. It doesn't show up in the slides. But in Isaiah, there is a passage that says, uh, Behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness. And then it says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And I, I know this prophecy was not written in Stockholm or way up north or even as far north as where we are. But when I think of our world climate today and the darkness that's contributed partly from politics, partly from world events, but partly from our own dysfunctions that we all have to deal with from day to day, this is part of the prophecy that I would love for you to experience in your life this month, that you can be a person, yep, you walked in darkness, but you are going to see a great light. So when I think about prophecy, I was reflecting, what if those prophecies, all those prophecies in the Old Testament, where God was saying, here's the prophecy, many years in the future, your life will be exactly the same as it is right now. How would that feel? That would, people, that's, that prophecy stinks. That's not a prophecy. Prophecies are about change, aren't they? They're about growth. They're about change. We have our GPSs today, and I have mine on my phone, and I use it. I was thinking about this last night, and I thought, all right, so I'm going to take my GPS app out and open it up, and I'm going to type in heaven so that I can get directions to heaven on my phone. Like it's a little bit like a prophecy, right? So I type in heaven, I get 85 hits on heaven. There's the heaven massage parlor that's five miles away. There's the heavenly ham store over in Southampton. There's a, heaven, a couple of heavenly pizza places. Maybe that's the pizza we're getting at the sunroom today. I'm not sure. But there are all these funny little stores that have keyed into heaven and uh, they're ready to sell you whatever, whatever it takes to get you in their door. No directions for the real, the real heaven. But the point is that God through prophecy is giving you a vision. He's giving you a message. He's giving you really a gift that is from him, who he is, his divine love, He's caring for all humanity, and he's giving you a little chunk of that and putting that in your heart, that this is real. It's more real, take this with a grain of salt, but it's more real than you are. This is God's message to you. And if it's a prophecy, it's going to be a prophecy that suggests some kind of change, some kind of growth, some kind of... Uh, altering your lifestyle for the better, that something really beautiful is behind it and something deep. So what I'd like to do is invite you to think about that message of hope in your life. This is the where it comes up to text Dave. And I'd like to invite you to text Dave, what is God's message of hope that he's offering you? 
and you have about a minute, maybe you want to think a little bit on your own about this. It might not be the message that you want to just like, hell yeah, yeah, he wants me to get a new motorcycle or something like that. It might be one of those deeper level messages that God has for you. And if you'd like to talk with a neighbor about it, that's great. But let's go. Let's let's uh, get a little texting going on. All right. Obviously connected with something, because I'm getting a lot of texts here, which is really wonderful. You know, I, I see, be a good mother, reconnecting with my wife. God is hope. Um, becoming whole, staying present. Rebirth, hibernation, then a new spring. Helping to grow the church. Letting my light shine. Hoping to stop in this holiday season grow into the vision God has for me, continue on my spiritual path. Um, it's hard to even imagine. I think that's true. You know, when you really ask yourself, what, what does God hope for me? That's a, it's almost a scary question for me. Um, keep walking toward greatness to be living. There's a lot of great, great help to continue with other, help to continue to help others that are struggling and so on. Great messages. These messages are not the messages I would have put on my Christmas list in fourth grade. None of them. Shows you how external I was in fourth grade, I guess. Uh, but it's true. I, I wouldn't have done that. And when I think about hope, and when I think of change, and when I think of growth, and I compare that with like our messed up world, I ask myself, well, who would have I chosen to fix everything? And my choice for the superhero that would fly in and fix everything in the world is very interestingly different than God's choice. Let's see if we have that video. We can cue that up. It's short, but it's sweet. You know, I, I have to say that that video has been circulating around YouTube for a while, and I've probably seen it 300 times. <laughs> you want to take me to my happy place, show me a couple of twins laughing with each other. I actually have some experience with that because my wife and I had twin boys 15 years ago, and when they started getting up and running, it was just like that. They had their their own little language, and... You can be exhausted, you can be crabby at the world, and you walk into the situation where the boys are doing their little twin thing, enjoying each other's company, and it's like being transported. <laughs> it's, really, it's really wonderful. So maybe it's not such a surprise that God had these messages about prophecy connecting the whole Advent thing in with infancy. Couple of, uh, couple of quick quotes here, if I can find them. One, uh, the wolf will lie down 
with the lamb. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and, yep, there it is in yellow. And maybe you can say this with me. And a little child shall lead them. A little child shall lead them. And I wonder, you know, if God is looking down at the earth saying, boy, we got to do a reset here. How can we do this? And he's thinking, hmm, what will work to break through the crust of ego? What will break through those resentments that keep snapping back into place, even though people hate being resentful? Try not being resentful. You know how it just seems to come back and refill you over and over and over? It's the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, you know, you think about resentments. You can think about... Um, you know, all kinds of codependencies that, that pop up in our lives are even our fears. You know, our, our fears, we can get addicted to our fears and they come up and they kind of drag us down. So I think God is saying, all right, what do I need to do to crack open human beings so that they can walk outside of that kind of, of dysfunction? I know... I will manifest myself as an infant, as a little child, as a child who's not even able to talk in the beginning, who knows nothing, just like every other infant, and yet I'm God himself, the eternal. And here is this new beginning, and it started like this, because actually I think this was the most amazing way to begin a path of change, not the expected change, not the kind of change we would have designed for ourselves in the ancient world, thinking, oh, well, we've got to throw off the rule of Caesar, or we've got to get rid of this dysfunctional, brutal Herod thing where he's willing to kill all the children in a town just because he heard about the possible advent of a Messiah. You know, we've got to throw all that stuff off. We've got to start something new that's that's got a different level of beauty in it. It's another passage, and this one comes from the New Testament, but it it ties in with the child motif. Jesus said, unless you become as little children, unless you become as little children, you can by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So, How can we be more like little children? What does that really mean? We're talking about a kind of innocence. We don't want to scroll back to being a helpless child again. And in fact, you know, God gives every human being gifts of rationality, gifts of being able to see things, gifts of being able to raise one's mind up and think about things. So that's not an infant kind of tool that he's given us. But he wants us to use that in a childlike way. And that, to me, is really interesting. And what I see is that there is this polarity. If you put innocence over here and you think the innocence of a child with no, in, no instruction, it's the innocence of somebody who's dependent on others, dependent on their parents for everything, And it's also a little child that's 
not very judgmental. You know, let's just face it. And a child that's not harboring resentments, not harboring a lot of the dysfunctions that we kind of gradually acquire for ourselves as we go through life. You know, and I think particularly on the spectrum, you have that innocence over there. God is calling us back to that state of innocence. That's prophecy working in our lives. That's prophecy working us more toward that hope that I was speaking of. And then on the other side of the spectrum, what we have is, well, control issues. If I were going to sum it all up, it would be like, Dave's control issues. You do not want to experience my control issues. You do not want to experience you know, my trying to get my world in place. And if you really think about it, and for me, I think, hmm, that is heaven. That is a picture of hell. Over here is a picture of somebody at the very beginning of their growth trajectory. Somebody who will be growing and changing tremendously over the years. That's God's plan for you. And yes, you know, we are all right at the beginning of our lives. We have this idea that life goes on to eternity. So you're all at the beginning of your timelines here. Even Jeff, who's out there, who's in his 90s, you're just an infant, Jeff. Remember that. Because right here, we are at the beginning of growing to become more and more Christ-like. Over here, control issues. Is that a metaphor for change? It's not a metaphor for change, is it? It's a metaphor for actually holding on to my fake reality that's self-created, and I just want more of it because I keep telling myself if I can control all of the pieces at the same time, then I will be happy. The problem is I get deeper and deeper into unhappiness. And I keep telling myself this lie, if I can just lock up the pieces a little more tightly, it's all going to work. Guess what? It's not going to work because that is not a model for growth. And, and the model for hell is static, it's self-absorbed, and it's, it's, it's like a black hole that's just swirling there around itself, focusing on itself, and it offers no light. So God is offering us this alternative. Be like a child. Be like a child. Step into what it's like to be a child with all of your faculties, with all of your abilities, with all your skills and talents, with you exactly as God has created you, and start living from that innocence and openness and, yeah, dependence, but not dependence on others, but dependence on God. So here's my message about how to do that. I think it's really, it's stunningly simple. We're taught in the theology for the new church that to the degree that we step outside of our dysfunctions, which, by the way, is not something you can do by yourself, which is why we have church to remind us that, oh, yes, we need God's help here. Call on God into your heart, asking him to help you take a step outside of yourself. And when you, you step outside of your own dysfunctions, what happens? 
If you're really stepping outside of those dysfunctions, they are moving outside of you, and that creates a void, right? It creates an emptiness. It creates um, a hole. And I would call that hole, by the way, we would call it a new will, a new ability to love, because in that that hole, God instantly comes into your life and fills that void before you even know it's there, and that is filled with God's love. It's filled with his respect for others, his understanding of humanity and and other people's flaws. It's filled with the wisdom of how to deal with and negotiate those flaws and lead a life of that is truly functional, even though we're living in a world of dysfunction. So all we need to do is step outside of that dysfunction, and God, boom, there he is. He fills us. He fills us with what is unbelievably beautiful, deep, peaceful, and loving. And of course, you know, I step over here, God comes in. I have to trust that he comes in. And guess what happens? It comes back, right? It tends to come back. So I step over again, and I keep doing this over and over and over again. The point, though, is to the degree that I'm willing to turn it over to God, call him into my life, and allow that process to happen, every time that may that dysfunction may come back, it's weakened. It doesn't have the same power in my life. And even to the point where I can start to recognize, okay, I'm thinking from my dysfunction here. I'm thinking from my brokenness and just the ability that I am able to be aware of that, still stepping over. Come on, God, come into my life. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to pray here. I'm going to ask for for um, forgiveness. I'm going to ask for perspective. I'm going to ask for patience. I'm going to ask for for what I need to live in a loving way in my current environment, no matter how crazy it is. And it happens step by step, gradually gradually in a more and more beautiful way. That, to me, is taking those steps. God is saying, I have a dream for you. In fact, let's put that last slide up. Next one. I love this prophecy. This is the prophecy for you. It's for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And God has that prophecy, that hope, that dream for every one of his children. It's right there. You just need to open the door and let him in and listen. And he'll start telling you that that message. And so what I'm talking about with going back a little bit, talking about how do we, how do we walk toward that message, you know, by stepping out of our dysfunction, calling on God to help us step, take that step, allow Him to come in. He moves us step by step toward that which is real, that which is going to live with us to eternity and grow and grow and grow. So we are truly like Jesus was when he was born just as an infant, and yet we are growing more and more human by the minute, and we are able to be more capably transferring his love and sharing, sharing that with others. So we live in a world 
that is sometimes scary. I have been struck, I admit, you know, I've been struck by fear by some of the news that's been going on around our world today, especially as being somebody who's studied history and I can kind of see history replaying in, in ways that I'm not happy about. I am a person that is filled with my own dysfunctions. And yet, if we all owned this, we were really saying, hey, you know, don't make me to be a Superman this Christmas. Make me to be like a little child so I can open up, be filled with an awareness that I need to rely on God's life to survive, open up, so that I can be blessed by his insights, his wisdom, and then I can use that in a childlike way to share that with others. If we all did that, our world would be different. If just the people in this room did that, and the people online did that, that, that's going to leak out into our country. It's going to change the country. Those overseas, it's going to leak out It's going to hit people overseas. It's going to change the world. And New Church Live, we call it a Monday morning church. We call it a Monday morning church because we want people to take the messages that they hear from God and plug them into their lives on Monday. But what I want to suggest to you today when we're thinking about prophecy that those messages, to the degree that we're willing to plug them into our personal daily lives, just inch by inch, little by little, God is going to come in, and that love is going to leak out, it's going to surround the world, and it is going to have big changes. It's going to cause things that we have no idea how it's going to, you know, you're not going to be able to trace it back, but it is going to cause the change. So be a part of that this week. Let's be people of the light, turning to God, asking him to help us be like children so that we can live in a way that brings that change to others. All right, I'm going to invite our prayer team out. We're going to pray. I don't actually have a prayer team other than the band is going to help me with uh, a little noodling during the prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to have time for some silent prayers. And maybe this is a time for you to just have a little conversation with the guy upstairs about this dream that he might be planting in your heart. What? Did you really say that to me? Well, maybe he really did. And see what you can do to take some small steps in that direction. I ask you to bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we look to you knowing that you have an infinite love that's directed toward all human beings and that you wish with everything that is a part of that love to bless them, that they will open up to be able to receive that love. We trust, Lord, that you have a plan for us that you have a prophecy that comes from hope for each of us. Lord, open us up so that we can see that more clearly and take those steps that you're calling us, steps that will lead us toward healing, a kind of healing that we can share with others, 
kind of healing that will make us feel completely human and whole in ways that we've never felt before. Reconnect us, O Lord, with the magic of your first advent. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv. 